know, if you hear of me playing somewhere, come see me. I'm a people person. And one of the hardest things I had to get used to, like with COVID and stuff, like I'm a hugger. I suffered. I suffered. I haven't been able to hug anybody. (laughs) And and I am so much the opposite. It's like. The opposite. I know. Don't touch me, John. (laughs) I want to hug everybody. (laughs) And I'm going to be, when this is all over, don't come near me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Keep your distance. Some people, you know, I don't mind being six feet apart. Well, there you go. Mostly, yeah, mostly like I'm such a people person. I need, I need my feet. Welcome to episode number eight of the Johnny O Show, presented by Drive On Media. Back after a couple of weeks off, I uh, had some pressing issues that uh, needed uh, my attention, so uh, got that out of the way and uh, back with another episode uh, of the podcast. Looking forward to a whole summer of shows. Uh, going to uh, have some folks that either do work or have worked on the air at 99 through the river and 790 cfan kind of a reminiscing of uh, the on-air days there and as well uh, going to uh, continue uh, uh, talking to folks from east coast country and uh, all kinds of uh, great talent here in in uh, new brunswick prince edward island and atlantic canada so looking forward to uh, having a chat with those folks i want to say congratulations to all of the high school graduates uh, and especially I want to say congratulations to the graduates of the Business Administration and Accounting and Payroll Administration programs at MBCC Miramichi, where I teach. And uh, congratulations on your hard work. It's uh, paid off, and all the best in your future. Hey, uh, just a quick update from Speedway Miramichi from the Day of Eights action on Saturday. and Actually, no, Sunday. Rained out on Saturday. Uh, the uh, rescheduled date was on Sunday. Tyson Donovan won his first ever bomber feature, actually his first ever feature in anything. Uh, So congratulations to Tyson Donovan. Neil Muse, he won the mini stock feature and James Matchett won the street stock feature. With the Atlantic Modified Tour, I have no idea what happened, what went on. I can't tell you who won the race. Hopefully sometime over the summer we'll get a bunch of these guys together, we'll talk racing and maybe, maybe we'll figure out what happened on Sunday. I want to say thank you to Jamie Alexander of the Downriver Music Festival for creating the logo for the Johnny O Show. I appreciate that very much, Jamie. Thank you. And as always, thank you to Jason Berry of Barytone Studios for the theme music that you hear for this podcast. All right, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Here's episode number eight of the Johnny O Show. It's episode number eight of the Johnny O Show, and joining me today, I am call. I don't know if she has this title, but I am going to give her this title anyway. The first lady of New Brunswick country music, Flo Durrell. Hi, Flo. How are you? Hi, I'm fine, and thank you for the title. Geez, I feel like I should wear a crown. <laughs> well, I think you should. I'm telling you, Flo. It's it's uh, your name. You know, you've been doing this for a while, and and you've been doing it well for a while as well. So I think you deserve that title. Thank you. I know I've been around a long time. I feel like, yep, I, I've been at it since I was really, really young and then kind of took a little break. And then this is like the second wave. Okay. Almost like COVID. <laughs> I, I got a second wave. Except this is better than COVID. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We want this. We want your singing career to be a lot better than COVID for sure. Oh, please. Why, why don't we take a trip back, and of course, uh, you've got roots uh, along the Miramichi River uh, growing up in uh, the Bay St. Anne area, I believe. Yes, I was born and raised in downtown Bay St. Anne, and I graduated from James M. Hill in 1978, so that should age me or date me. Well, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm already doing the math because I graduated in 1988, so it's easy for there me to go. do the math. Um, <laughs> so... What, what was it that got you started as far as music? Was there somebody that influenced you, or did you just 
pick it up and say, you know, as a child, I want to do this? What, what got it started for you? Well, I grew up um, in a musical family, which was very fortunate for me. And I grew up, I happened to grow up next to my grandparents. And they had 15 kids there and everybody sang. Wow. So I, I learned from all of them. And uh, it was like, it was amazing because when I first started school, I thought everybody could sing. I had never known anything else. Like our, our families were, were always like, you know, house parties or whatever. Everybody sang. And when I started school and people were saying, well, you're going to be singing these national anthems. And I'm going, well, what's wrong with the other kids? Are they broken? How come it's always me? <laughs> I didn't realize it was a gift. Like, you know, you could sing. You're lucky you can sing. It's like, no, everybody at home sings. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. So it just it just basically you know your environment gave or I should say the environment led to a natural talent almost. Yes, and then my like I have four brothers and they're all older than I am, and the oldest one who now resides in the Yukon, well he was twelve years older than me, and then when he figured that when he found out that I could sing, like you know I started singing the first song I ever sang, John, you're gonna laugh. Mom was doing her spring cleaning. And I was sitting on the uh, bottom rung, of course, of the stepladder, and probably my feet still were dangling. But anyway, all of a sudden, I piped up, let me tell you about the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. So mom probably, you know, hit herself in the head and say, oh, no, here's another musician in the family. Yeah. So, my, yeah, my oldest brother, Ray, he figured out, oh, she can sing. So he started taking me to all the amateur nights and stuff like that. So he started me, and then he left home, and then he dumped me on the younger brother, Buff. So <laughs> it was Buff's turn. So, yeah, so I played, like, in family bands for the longest time until I went out on my own. Well, you know, and it's it's funny. I always remember, you know, uh, on the radio, especially during exhibition time, uh, they'd be promoting, uh, you know, uh, uh, entertainment by Flo and Buff Durrell. I can remember that yeah. as clear as anything. Oh, my goodness, the Red Rooster. We did. We actually did 19 years in a row. And then on our 20th year, we had been invited. And then something happened that they didn't get the licensing for entertainment. So we couldn't do it. But we were hoping so much to be able to say, hey, we did 20 years of Red Rooster. (laughs) Wow. That's, that's, well, you know what? If, if they, if you were there and you're going to be playing for your 20th year, uh, they must have really liked you there. Oh, I guess so. Well, I think we used to break all the bar sales. We have a lot of friends that like to, um, I'm going to drink, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's, you know, and that's the thing. It's, uh, I think that's why certain, you know, performers are busy because, uh, you know, when venues hire them, they know that people are going to follow. Yeah. And we, we come from a large family. Don't forget, you know, so. ah. <laughs> <laughs> we could fill the place with just relatives. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so how long did you and, and uh, Buff uh, perform? Oh my be, be like, heaven! You know, like consistently. Like I know you mentioned yeah, about many, the twenty many. years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to break it down in blocks. We started. He had a band. He was playing in Russia Buckley. He was uh, lead guitar player for a band at La Coquille. And I was really young and underage. But at fourteen, I would go on the weekends and I sing Saturday matinees with them. Until I was old enough to join the band and really be in there, but I was still a bit underage. But um, <laughs> it was, yeah, it was owned uh, by Pat Duaron, who was the founding member of the Bunkhouse Boys. Okay. And him and his wife Annette, uh, they, they, I, I felt like I got adopted because everybody was saying, "You gotta come see this little girl sing," and I'm like, you know, I was old enough. It's just I'm only four foot ten, so I looked like a kid. <laughs> and uh, of course, I had a twelve string guitar, so all you'd see was the top of my head and my shoes. So, but that's where that started. So you can play the the twelve string guitar. Well, not very well because I have tiny little hands. <laughs> That's all we had at the time. Oh wow! I now have a tailor. Yeah, I have a tailor now, and it's it's a six string, and it's much better, <laughs> much more good. proportionate. Because uh, that, uh, to me, that seems like a rare situation when somebody plays a twelve string guitar. Yeah, it was kind of strange, but it, it was a, it was a beautiful guitar, and it was buffed at first. And he says, "Here, you you will I'll loan you the, the guitar till you earn your keep." So anyway, I ended up playing that for years, and uh, it was it was challenging because I don't have a very big hand, uh, not a not a good uh, not a big reach. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, I, I can understand that because I'm, I'm still trying to uh, figure out that guitar that I got from Rick Reese. And, and I was going to say, Rick, Rick is still coaching you, is he? <laughs> uh, I think he's embarrassed by the fact that I bought the guitar from him and it's, it's, it's more of a, uh, you know, mantelpiece than an instrument right about now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someday it'll just come to you. It'll come to you. It'll just like riding a bike. Well, it's uh, hopefully that'll uh, you know that'll be the uh, case. It, he he says ten minutes a day. Somebody else says ten minutes a day, and and that seems to be the secret. Just just keep at it. Exactly, as long as you're consistent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and you have to build up that, that tough skin on your fingertips because if you let it get back to the um, the, the way that it like a baby's little bum, well, then you got to start all over. <laughs> like exercising. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what people tell me. It's a, you got to build that yeah. those calluses up and and uh, yeah. So and I've actually got to the point where it you know it was starting to get toughened up and then stopped and it flaked off and then it's back to <laughs> yeah. I, I you know I've got the hand. I always say I've, I have the hands of a bookkeeper, not a not a <laughs> construction worker. <laughs> well, you got to be proud of those calluses. Get them back. Yeah, Start there you go. Again. There you go. Um, musical influences for you. What uh, you, know, you mentioned about that one particular song that you probably gave your mother a heart attack that you uh, yeah. sang out of the blue. But what what Her musical mom. influences did you have? Uh, you know, growing up. Well, we grew up with classic country music, and I've always stayed true to that because it's what I grew up with. I like I cut my teeth on that. Like my uncles and my aunts next door, it was all like Merle Haggard, George Jones. We had it all, but. For me personally, like especially female artists, it's mm-hmm. always been like Emmy Lou Harris, Dolly Parton was my biggest idol of all. And just, you know, classic country, like the Patsy Cline, the, the, the songs that tell a story. Even mm-hmm. in my own writing now, like my songwriting, uh, I tell a story. Mine are all like either something that happened to me or a friend of mine or something, but there's a story to it. You won't find much rap or pop in my song. <laughs> God bless you. Um, God bless you, Flo Dorel. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a storyteller, I guess. So. Yeah. No, that's, so it was songwriting something that came naturally to you, or was it something that you that you worked at? Um, I still have to work hard at it. Mm. I have many, many ideas. It's just sometimes I'm my biggest critic. Like some stuff that I wrote when I was 17 is probably better than some of the stuff I wrote recently. And I, I was hesitant of putting stuff out like for the, the public, like on my CDs or anything like that. I never thought it was good enough. And then there's one song, honestly, that I co-wrote with a friend of mine. And I, I hesitated for a while. I was coming in on whether I should put it on my CD or not. And that, I did. I ended mm-hmm. up putting it on. Mm-hmm. And that song ended up being number one for six weeks in in the chart. So it was like, okay, I guess that was a good idea. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, but I'm, I am my biggest critic. It's and it's something I want to like. I want to hone my skills. I I loved. I, I've been following some songwriting courses and stuff like that. And I plan to um, plan to finish all those songs I started. <laughs> Well, it's. I, I have get, quite a few. I guess that's kind of like me with the learning how to play the guitar. You got to set that time aside. Exactly, and you need to really, you need to put the time into it, and you really need to set time aside. Because mm-hmm. I find if I stay at home, there's too many, too many things happening. So yeah. I got to hide away. And a lot of times, it'll happen either when I'm driving in the car. I wrote "Here Comes Trouble" coming back from a wedding of my cousin's wedding, Julie, in Trackity, and I wrote the song on the way home. And I just have to hide. I have to hide from the world and get my songs out there. So. <laughs> okay, let me just let me just review that for a moment. You were at your cousin's wedding, was it? Yes. And <laughs> you were coming home from the wedding, and you got the idea of the song, Here Comes Trouble. So it's you, not I'll, what you're thinking. <laughs> Don't ruin this for me, Flo. So you must have been influenced by something there. <laughs> yeah, and you'll never guess what. It has nothing to do with the wedding. Actually, it has something to do with a T-shirt that oh. was given to me at the wedding, honest to God. Okay. So, yeah, I have another cousin that I'm very, extremely close to. Her name's Janet, and we're more like sisters than cousins. And she lives in Nova Scotia, and she had come down for that wedding. That was like about three years ago. And she had bought me a T-shirt that said, here comes Treble. 
<laughs> and presented, yeah, presented me the T-shirt. And uh, I see that it was just gorgeous. I thought, oh, my God, that's too funny. So I thought, I thought I'd write a song about that. So I'm coming home, and I'm going to, and then it's like, no, here comes trouble. So, <laughs> and it reminds me of, like, the, if the mindset I was in, we, were, we had such a good time. It was such a fun wedding. And it reminded me of the times that I used to go out with my friends, like girlfriends, and we'd go out for a good time and laugh and laugh and laugh. Well, this whole song is all about hanging out with your girlfriends, Mm -hmm. and you're only out for a good time. You don't expect to fall in love, but this guy walks through the door, and the minute you see him, you know, here comes trouble. (laughs) So that's the gist of the song, but it was written all because of a t-shirt. Not because of the wedding. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. So thank you for clarifying that for me. <laughs> thank you. Now everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah. So we, we talked about your oldest brother and then, and then was the majority of the time that you performed, what, with, you know, obviously, you know, almost performing 20 times at the Red Rooster at the Miramichi Exhibition with, with Buff. Um, <laughs> but was the majority of your time performing with Buff, or did you do solo uh, performing as well? I did, I did. After the cookie, like when I was really, really young, like 14 to maybe 17, whatever, um, I I decided to join a band. I got an offer to join a band from Moncton. They were based out of Moncton. It was a set-piece group, and they were called Morning Sun. Mm -hmm. And they had, I mean, when they... They had a manager, they had a producer, they were going to Nashville. Uh-huh. So, and yeah, so I detoured instead of going to university, uh, which, you know, I was supposed to be in university in Fredericton, I jumped the bandwagon and I toured with them. I toured for 10 years in all, from 78 to 88. And with two different groups, I did Morning Sun and then Calico, which was another uh Really nice group that I joined, also based out of Moncton, and we traveled, mm-hmm. uh, mostly Atlantic provinces, but I mean, we played seven nights a week back then. Wow. And yeah, with matinees, and we traveled, if it was just six nights, well, we'd take the, the following day to just get to your next town, and mm-hmm. so I lived out of a suitcase for all that time. Wow. And then in 88, decided to go back to school because I wanted a plan B, because, yeah. uh, you know, when you've been in the music business this long, um, you see a lot of changes. Like I've seen country music go from, you know, being replaced by a disco ball and then yeah. to karaoke to it's hard to keep a seven piece band going. It <laughs> so, is. Absolutely. I, yeah. So you have to have a plan B. So my plan B was to go back to school. So then instead of playing music full time, I was working full time and playing music part time. Gotcha. So, yeah, so then it wasn't like at the professional level that I had been doing in touring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about, I'd say five, six years ago, I got back into it just haphazardly. It wasn't planned. And now I'm finding more success because of the internet and uh, all these, you know, these avenues that we didn't have before. So mm-hmm. kind of neat. I'm, I'm, I'm having a second wave. <laughs> okay, that's interesting. I did not realize that, that you actually took... Uh, and that would have been a significant break. It was. I play music, but on the weekends I wasn't playing like professionally, and um, it was that was okay because that was the new life that I had chosen. Sure. And uh, yeah, and I still work full time now, but I, I play quite a bit of music, and it's um, I, I enjoy what I do now because I can pick and choose. I do mostly festivals. I don't mm-hmm. do bar work anymore. Yeah. I, I'm a little old for bar work. I yeah. Find. Um, yeah, I'm now nowadays I, I prepare for bed at the same time I used to prepare to go out. So. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you one hundred percent. It's uh with age. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, and and for I, I for me as well, I kinda of blame it on my my introvert tendencies. It's like you know, I think I'd rather stay home than you know than go out. But uh, I agree the the festival uh, environment is uh, uh, is really amazing. You know, of course pre COVID, uh, but yeah. uh, you know my I think my first experience um, and, and like I I know they I shouldn't say my first experience of a festival and um, I guess. Uh, I went once to Cavendish Beach Music Festival, and they call it a festival. Um, yeah. But 
oh, that like that's you know, and I just mentioned that introvert tendency, and it's like, oh, there's way too many people here. Um, yeah, that's a marathon. It's not a festival. No, it's a marathon. No, definitely. <laughs> but I think my you know the the festival that types of festivals that we're talking about uh, my first experience would be the rogersville country festival with uh, exactly. you know the roy that's brothers exactly what i was yes exactly and that's so well organized mm. and uh you meet people that are you know they're they're fans of country music and yeah. it's it's so much fun and you look forward to seeing them year after year and then you, you keep in touch with them on facebook and it's it's amazing yeah. it's amazing i miss that part like covid has really kicked us in the pants when it comes to festivals. Mm. Mind you, they're starting to open up again, but, I mean, we're going to miss most of this summer. Yeah. It's in, you know, with the recent news of, uh, (laughs) it seems like when uh, the Premier of Nova Scotia stops, uh, you know, nitpicking with the Premier of New Brunswick, maybe we'll, uh, when we'll (laughs) we'll get back to something. But, you know, I I think definitely next year, you know, I think things will be uh, back to the way it was. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. Even if it's not exactly what we were used to, at least a reasonable facsimile would be nice. Well, yes. Um, and I and I think that's, and I'm trying to figure out how we met, but I believe it was through, maybe it was, you know, through getting ready for the Rogersville Festival and doing an interview that way. Um, I think so. Yeah. I think so. And then I met you there in person um, with Johnny Burke. Yes, yes. I, I don't know how many times that picture of you and Johnny and me at the uh, at the yep. broadcast table and uh, and him wearing yep. the the ninety nine through the river hat that's uh, that's a very special memory for me. Yeah, it certainly is. I still miss him to this day. Let, let's talk about Johnny. Um, okay. What, tell tell you probably you know, obviously you have a better um, better knowledge of Johnny than I do because I learned about Johnny too late. So uh, okay. wh- why don't you explain Johnny Burke? Okay, well, he's a country gentleman uh, through and through. Um, I knew him from way back when, when he played, we called it, we played the circuit. So he'd play like based out of Ontario mostly. And when he'd come to New Brunswick, well, I'd make sure I'd go see his band. He has one of the hottest bands around. So you did learn a lot, you know, by watching other bands when you got the opportunity to go see them because most of the time you were touring too. Yeah. Um, but I don't think he'd remember me from way back then. Um, and then we have a common friend uh, by the name of Stan Campbell. And Stan Campbell, he still works to this day. Um, he, he worked as a DJ in Nashville, all over the place, actually. And he does a series called Trucker Radio. And he happens to be one of Johnny's best friends. So he is actually the one who got us together to do You Ain't Dolly and You Ain't Porter. And that's how we met, well, we met, kind of. And I truly enjoyed Johnny. He was he never changed his his love for country music was as strong way back in the 70s as it was like just recently mm-hmm. and a real kind man real mm-hmm. kind man straight straight as rod oh my god it was funny because we'd we'd be planning to to do some um, gigs together mm-hmm. and he would leave the hiring of the musicians to me but he was real fussy he was yeah. real fussy as to whom he got but one of the first questions was like, I said, oh, no, I got a hot little guitar player. How many tattoos did you have? <laughs> kind of not something I'd ask anyone when I'm hiring them. But yeah. No, no, he's good. He's good, Johnny. But, you know, Johnny was all about showmanship. Yeah. And he wanted to um, he wanted to give you a, an excellent product. He appreciated the music. He appreciated the musicians. He always made sure to thank everybody. And that's just the kind of guy he was. And I, I truly miss him because we were going to do a lot more together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously he, he got sick, but I truly enjoyed the time I spent with him. And uh, as honest as the day is long, and I, I could go on and on and on and just keep on bragging him because I thought he was the greatest, like a country gentleman. Exactly. Yeah. That's the title I'd give him. Yeah, absolutely. He originally from, I want to say, Rosaireville? Exactly. Yeah. Not, not far from Rogersville. Exactly. And yeah. he used to tell us that uh, most of the people in Rosalville and Rogersville, they're all like the lumberjacks. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. But he was a scrawny little fella, so he <laughs> said, I hightailed it to Ontario. Yeah. He said, I started, yeah, I had to go look for work elsewhere. I'd never survive as a lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad he got into music. <laughs> yeah, oh, definitely. Uh, I, I've heard so many, uh, you know, kind words about Johnny, and uh, he's had, you know, I actually, you know, found uh appearances that he had on tv through youtube and and uh and uh you know just a great uh entertainer over the years and uh you know did uh did new brunswick uh, proud for sure uh you know up in ontario absolutely now i don't know if you are old enough or if you recall the show the funny farm no i recall the show i remember the show it was really good and it, it it was only on it was a TV show, and it was only on for a couple of years, a couple of seasons. But he was the band. He was the band leader and his band. He and his band played during the show. So it was kind of It was almost like a hee-haw, okay. Canadian style. Hmm. Yeah. So I remember him from that, too. And they called that Funny Farm? The Funny Farm. It was It was a hee-haw. It was, yeah. So you'd get artists plus mm-hmm. uh, people doing skits, and you know, it was hilarious. I remember watching. I loved it. <laughs> well, it's you know obviously the name Funny Farm. It is a take on Hee Haw. They just <laughs> probably the the yeah. same idea. It's just couldn't Canadian, use the yeah. couldn't use Canadian the name. Version. Yeah, oh, yep. uh, I'm telling you. And uh, I think uh, Johnny got to play um, Rogersville probably twice. I think uh, he did. And I'm trying to think if he wasn't booked again because I know I was booked. And I'm trying to think if he was booked again in the same year. But I can't recall for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's um, yeah. I was I was very happy to uh, to get to meet him, uh, you know, uh, and and uh, almost it's one of those things. It's um, sometimes, and, and I, I think that's why I, I'm kind of uh, motivated to connect with uh, you know East Coast country artists because uh, it's it's one of those things that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, it's hard to do in commercial radio. Um, but Um, you know, you know, like you, like with, um, uh, the station, the community station in Shediac that JR worked, worked for. Uh, Exactly. You know, it's a community station. They can do, you know, they, they're more flexible with things like that. And, uh, Absolutely. so it's, 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 it's a little more difficult on my end, uh, for what I can do. And, uh, but anything that I can do to connect with East coast country artists, because, you know, I, I wish I had have known about Johnny Burke earlier. It's, it's just one yeah. of those, one of those regrets. Um, oh, and I do appreciate that you do find a spot for us. I know you try hard and you know, it's not easy because as you said, a commercial radio station is not the same. No. But uh, I do appreciate that you support us, and you always have. Like you've always found time for us, and kudos to you. Well, it's it's well, I appreciate that, Flo. It's it's, and it's it's something that that I didn't even realize existed. Like like I said, I remember the radio ads, you know, with the, you know from the exhibition, you and 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 Buff, and then it's like, <laughs> and then. Then all of a sudden, you know, with with our Sunday show, and then I was our sister stations in in Amherst and Kentville, um, you know, they would be playing certain artists, and it's like, well, who are these people? And 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 then I was like, oh my God, there's all these people out here that I didn't realize existed. So yeah. it, it's kind of it's kind of like my uh, my uh, mission, and and that this is kind of why I I'm doing the podcast as well. Because it gives me that freedom to connect, and exactly. uh, and and I always and I I tell uh, boss lady Ann at the station that uh, I've got more years behind me in radio than I do it in, ahead of me, and and I think that's uh, <laughs> mainly because of uh, some things that are turning out uh, uh, for me at the uh, at the college, and yeah. uh, so it's you know so I I think the 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 podcast is my post radio retirement thing to keep going so so that's but anyway. yeah, you're a busy man well it's you know for a few years it's like well i was doing both because neither one of them well you know radio is radio um yeah. but the college i was casual and 
So I was doing that off and on for, well, since 2008. Graduated from the Business Admin Program 2007. When the mill started closing down, they hired me to teach computer courses, and it's been off and on since 2008. So, um, wow. you know, so anyway, that's the, this is more about you than it is about me. But, uh, oh, no, uh, it's okay. I, I love it because I'm getting to know you, too. Like you, <laughs> I just gave you what I started at five years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, you know, it's, we're, we're almost even. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, but this is kind of what I envision, you know, like, uh, you know, with the with the festival, the Rogersville Country Festival. And, of course, uh, Jamie Alexander and the folks down there at uh, the uh, Downriver Mu- Music yeah. Festival down there. I, yeah. I've got this, my setup, that I can be portable. And my goal is to eventually just show up at the festival. And uh-huh. I'd love to redo one of those, you know, vintage travel trailers and, and then just have a setup. People come in, sit down, we record a chat, you know, oh that kind of thing. Oh, my God, that would be amazing. So you, that, you say that, and it's funny because my husband keeps saying he wants to get me one of those micro buses as a tour bus. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Volkswagen bus and paint it all crazy. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and that's the thing. There's just so many, you know, like I, uh, I've developed uh, some great uh, friendships with, uh, like I said, Rick Reese. Uh, Ivan yeah. Daigle, uh, you know, and there's yep. just so many, uh, Jason Price, uh, who would, I just, uh, recently discovered over the last few years, uh, family from the Renews area, but he lives in Nova Scotia and, and it's like when you make, connect those dots, it's, it's, it's amazing to find out how much talent there is in Atlanta, oh, Canada. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. And undiscovered talent, like it's, it's unbelievable, mm-hmm. like. And uh, now we have so many, so many avenues. If I'd have had stuff like this, like the internet and stuff like that when I was in my 20s, geez, <laughs> that would have been, made my life a lot easier. Well, there you go. Because, you know, yeah. how else would you do it, really? I know, because we used to, you know, we'd pound doors and we had to, we, we had to play seven nights a week to be heard and, you know, not to be forgotten. We toured and toured. We'd come home. I'm sure everybody got divorced at one point because we were always gone. <laughs> and yeah. it was, you know, it was hard work because you, you were pounding the pavement. Well, actually, you were pounding bars, but, and it was a circuit. So you knew what kind of bar, like, it was. we weren't playing just anywhere. So we knew if it was on the circuit that it was a good bar and we, we were in the union. Um, but it was still a hard work. Ontario was hard. It was, Ontario was large. Mm-hmm. So when we did a tour in Ontario, we'd, we'd be gone for, for quite some time. So anyway, nowadays, you know, like ever since the pandemic too, like my music has been playing all over the world. And it's mm. like amazing. I just got picked up by somebody that heard me on, you know, the internet. And all of a sudden I have interviews. It's in the UK. It's in Australia. Wow. It's everywhere. How cool and is that? Like, how cool is that? And we keep saying, like, pinch me. There's so many songs out there. Why are they picking mine? But it's, like, awesome. Like, yeah. I even told this uh, one lady that has a radio show, and it was in Australia. She said, you're going to tune in, eh, because you're the star of the week. And I said, oh, yeah, sure. And then I started doing the math for the hours, and it would have been 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> and on a weeknight, and I said, well, I think I have to pass, but if it's, uh, if it's recorded, I'd sure like to, you know, listen to it but mm. but it's the the power of the internet it's unreal um, yeah it is you you mentioned the circuit um <laughs> tell me more about the circuit because this is something that i did not realize what 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 was involved and and how did you get onto it okay it was it was it was kind of hard to get in in a sense uh you had to have certain status or your band had to have a certain status and you had to be in the union because they wouldn't hire non-unionized musicians. And um, a lot of the, uh, do you remember the Urban Corral? Like there was a chain of them. Yeah, well, they were part of the circuit. And I mean, they were in Atlantic Canada, obviously. But um, we we really played a lot of the Urban Corrals. There was one in Nova Scotia, like in Halifax. There was one in Miramichi, one in mm-hmm. Moncton. It started in Moncton, actually. And then the other bars that we played that was on the circuit, it, it was just that. It had it had to have a certain status. It had to hold so many people. Um, it was usually bigger bars. Mm-hmm. Um, some places in Ontario where we played, I recall one place, they had a mechanical bull, like in the <laughs> middle of a bar. 
No, definitely not. Yeah, they were huge birds, like just big, big birds. And uh, you almost felt out of place sometimes. But no, I mean, we had a seven-piece band, so we mm-hmm. weren't alone. Wow. Uh, we, we filled up the stage, I'll tell you that. Yes. But, yeah, it was kind of fun because you would do the same birds over and over again, but in intervals, like you'd be gone, maybe in seven weeks you'd be coming back because mm-hmm. you were doing the circuit. You were playing the other birds. So sometimes it was longer, but... Sometimes it was about seven, seven, eight weeks. So was it a was it a company or a person that that created this uh, circuit, or uh, you know, like somebody must have organized it? Absolutely, but I don't know. I really don't know what to tell you there. It had to be organized. I don't yeah. know if it was through the. It wouldn't have been through the union because they they just required that you be a union member. Right. Um, it was obviously some kind of corporation, and but they they it was well done, and mm. you knew that you were already playing in a certain type of bar, like a quality of a bar. Right. So you weren't always like you know thinking, am I going to be in a dive? Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, we played those two. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's all part it's all part of being in the music business. Well, you know? there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. That's that's something that I did not realize existed. Uh, but you know yeah, but, that that like you say, you, you had to be a certain of certain quality to be part of that, and yes. but it was definitely you know good for business. Oh, absolutely, because they knew they were getting a quality band, mm-hmm. and you knew you were going to be playing in a quality bar. So yeah. Yeah. you know it was win win. But I really don't know who was the head of all this, but it was well organized and well appreciated, especially from the standpoint of uh, musicians. You know. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned about the Urban Corral. And, of course, grow, from the time I figured out that I could, it was 1983, and it was weird. I had a clock radio that would tune CFQM in from Miramichi. <laughs> and it was, it, was that, uh, it was from that time that I discovered who John Richard was. And oh, JR. <laughs> yes, and and you know, I I remember they I forget what nights might have been Wednesday night or Thursday night they did live from the Urban Corral and yep. I remember I have cassettes. Yeah, I have cassettes that we taped of our band playing there. We played there many times oh, and it was really? live at the Urban Corral. Oh, oh my yeah. god. Do yeah, do you yeah, really have cassettes? I do. Really? There's some yeah, somewhere here because I was doing a live show at the Urban Corral. We used to we used to be half scared to do those. I mean, it's live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> anything can happen. What could go wrong? <laughs> you know, you're in a bar full of people. They're drinking. So. <laughs> oh, that'd be flow. I you know, and and if you ever come across those tapes, yeah, that'd be so cool. I I'd I'd love to borrow you know a, a tape or two and digitize them. You know, like convert oh, yeah, them to. Cool. You know that that. I know they're in the they're in the house somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where, but I know because I remember playing them uh, when I first moved into this house. We've been in this house for twelve years, so I know I found them twelve years ago. <laughs> and um, I'll be I'll be searching for them. Uh, hopefully, what? I'll be able to find you something because it was kind of neat. Yeah. And we played. That was this morning sun, I think. Okay. Morning sun, and we had Phil Storch as the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also did some with Calico. I remember doing some with Calico. Cool. And maybe even T. John would have some because he kept everything too. Yeah. So. That is so yeah. cool. But, yeah, that was neat. And that was when I first met JR too. Yeah. So we go back a long way. It's, you know, if, uh, if anybody ever wanted to blame somebody for me getting into radio, there is one person and one person only to uh, blame that on, and it's uh, JR. Oh seriously? Well, I'm I'm gonna go pat his back. <laughs> he, 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 he got a he got a good recruit. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, well, I you know he's the reason I wanted to get into radio. Um, out of the blue, called the radio station when Tammy and I were getting married uh, to see if anybody there DJ. He answered the phone. We hired him. He played our wedding up here. Uh, a few days later, gave us a tour of the radio station, uh, well, which was CFQM at the time, the country station. Yeah. And, yep. uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, 
it's it's his fault, really. It's his fault. But you know, it's it's interesting flow that COVID uh, threw a lot of things off. Uh, obviously, over the last uh, you know year and a half or so, one of them was your induction into the New Brunswick Country Music Hall of Fame. I know, waited, you know, all this time, and then I can't have a gala. Come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> but John is going ahead this year. I see that. Tell us yeah. about it. Okay. Um, it's going to be October 16th, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a little different from the previous years because of COVID restrictions. So instead of having one big show, we're doing two shows the same day. Gotcha. So there's going to be an afternoon show and an evening show. And I can tell you right now, the evening one is sold out. But the last I heard, there were still a few tickets for the afternoon one. Nice. So it's going to be a full day, but, you know, we're going ahead with it. And I just can't wait. I really can't wait. It's going to be great. And it's it's here. It's here in the Miramichi. In Miramichi, in my hometown. Can you imagine? (laughs) How much better could that be? Oh, I'm telling you. So now I'm assuming that most of your family bought all the tickets. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them did. <laughs> from near and far. My brother had even booked a ticket to come home from the Yukon last year. Oh. And yeah, so he had to cancel that. So I don't know if he's going to try to surprise me and give me a heart attack and show up this year. But oh, anyway, so far, so good. It's well, October good. 16th. And if anyone's interested, you just contact Susan Butler and she'll set you right up. And I think her number is 622-1780, but don't quote me on that. Okay. uh, Don't put me on the spot. I don't know it. I just keep emailing her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we've been uh, plugging uh, that event and as well the the Miramichi Folk Song Festival. It is 622-1780 to uh, contact Susan Butler. Um, but what a, what a great honor though, Flo, and, and so well deserved to be, uh, to be recognized in going into the uh, New Brunswick Country Music Hall of Fame. Thank you. It is. It's like, I still, I pinch myself. I'm going, oh my, my soul. Like, you know, I'm going to be in the New Brunswick Country Music Hall of Fame. Never growing up or singing and doing all the volunteer work I've done. Never in my dreams, you know, would I have thought that I'd be in there in that, um, but it, it is. It's such an honor. And I mean, I enjoy music. I'm passionate about it. Always have been. And as I've mentioned in the beginning, I stay true to classic country. Mm-hmm. And that I'll probably go out that way as well. It'll be classic country. It's you got to stay true to yourself. Yep. Yep. And I mean, I, I have nothing against other types of music and people that, you know, can do crossover, but I don't think I could sing anything other than classic country. Mm-hmm. I just have that voice. I have that twang. I have the desire to sing classic country. And mm-hmm. I guess, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. Exactly. Um, oh, so. Absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. You've um, it served me well. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's like that old, uh, you know, tried and true recipe. Uh, yeah. Why fix something that's uh, that's not broke? Right. You um, got the chance to see you a few years ago at Lori LeBlanc's, um, oh. Noel en Acadie? Thank you. Yeah, um, what, what, what a um, a show, really, for lack of oh. a better term. What a yeah. show they put on there. And he does it year after year after year. And you think, oh, well, he can't top that. And then you go to next year's show, and there it was. Bam, right there. Yeah. (laughs) And one good thing about Lodi, too, is that he he picks different uh, artists every Mm -hmm. year. So everybody gets a chance. You know, it's it's not the same artist. There's different artists every year, every single year. Yeah. No, he uh, he invited us down there a few years ago, and and uh, has invited us back afterwards, and just wasn't able to get down again. But what a what a tremendous uh, and and you know he's he's actually done some work with uh, Jason Berry in the uh, last yeah. year or so, and with his new uh, album, and and yeah. uh, uh, just uh, just an all around nice guy too. He certainly is. He's down to earth. Uh, what you see is what you get. And uh, him and his wife, they're, they're just gentle souls. Um, mm-hmm. They make you feel at home, you know? And yeah. It doesn't matter where they meet you. It's always the same, you know? He's, uh, 
he's a great guy. He's a great guy, and he deserves all the success he's, he's having right now. But he's worked hard. He's worked really hard. Yeah, definitely, for sure, for sure. Uh, and he's on my list to to get on the podcast for sure. Uh, and oh, and good. and some other guy, uh, um, Daniel Golgan. Now there's a yes. there's a uh, Rick Reese described him before I met Daniel as uh, New Brunswick's Alan Jackson. Yes, <laughs> he does. He reminds you when he's on stage. Mm-hmm. He reminds you of Alan Jackson, yeah. and that's another guy that I, I I can't say enough good things about. Mm-hmm. He is real sweet. He has actually he's helped me get or crack the uh, Quebec market. Nice. He referred me. Yeah, he did. Um, we were actually playing in Nigawak, and uh, we were both on the same bill, and uh, I, I had never met him, like, personally before, and we just started chatting, and he said, would you be interested in playing in Quebec? I said, yeah, because <laughs> I don't have an agent. I do it all by myself. Right. And uh, he says, uh, I've been playing there a lot, and, and, you know, they often ask, are there any female artists in New Brunswick that would be, you know, wanting to come play in Quebec? And he says, I think you'd be a good fit. So I said, sure. And uh, this was probably on a Saturday night. And by Sunday evening, the promoter in Quebec had already called me. Danielle had called him and given him my number. And (laughs) I went from there. I had a great, great night there. It was was awesome. Um, We were treated very well. It was in Chufto. Chufto is the hometown of Guy Lafleur. And it's oh, okay. in between Ottawa and Montreal, and they used to have a huge country festival. Okay. And, uh, oh, it was a great experience. And then, um, as I said, like this, or last year, I was supposed to go in Quebec again, but mm-hmm. because of COVID, we, we never made it. So yeah. I'm playing on the radio stations, and I'm doing interviews by telephone and Zoom, but I haven't been able to go play for them live since then. So hopefully, maybe next summer. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I'll I said, be able to get there again. yeah, I, th- I think we're finally in the right direction. Uh, you know, once once we can get uh, the majority or, or you know the seventy five percent of folks vaccinated and and things yeah. under control, I, I think we'll get back to uh, you know festivals and and live entertainment again. And and uh, you know, that my goodness, nice. oh, looking forward to it for sure. I'm very proud of New Brunswick. We've, we've done well. Yeah. You know, if you compare ourselves, and I don't like comparing, but um, we've done well. And as you said, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, any one particular show that stands out in your mind that when you played, you just, you just sure. felt like, you know, you're on top of the world when you finished. Anything in particular um, or any place in particular? Probably a few, but um, I've done a few TV shows like from the French uh, channel, but yes. that was quite the experience as well. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I did the first one in 2016 and it's called For L'Amour du Country. Mm-hmm. It's with Patrick Normand. And yeah. for me to think to perform in French, I know I'm from a French community and all that, but it's, it, it's taking me um, outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have to really work on singing French material. So anyway, but being there and not having, you know, worked on other than local TV, uh, it was my first experience. And it was just out of the floor. But I mean, I didn't know what to expect. So I go there and um, they do your hair, makeup, wardrobe. I'm standing on stage. All of a sudden, my guitar shows up polished. They put it on me and they plug it. Wow. So it was like, oh, wow. Okay. So, and I mean, it takes all day to take this show. But the following week, I am singing in a field uh, somewhere in St. Louis de Kent at a festival. And uh, let me tell you, it wasn't the same budget. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it rained and we were walking uh, around instead of cowboy boots. It was like uh, rubber boots. Rubber boots. And uh, yeah, but still, you know, it was fun. But I'd say the two TV shows that I appeared on were pretty special. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, John, like, the it's not the big venues that uh, stand out for me. It'll be the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. But there's one, actually, there's one in particular that uh, it just it just popped into my head is, I think, for a benefit. And it was at the Wesleyan. Okay. And it was for Alicia Sickley. Um, she's a young girl from Bay St. Anne, mm-hmm. and um, she was uh, ill, and um, they did a benefit, and it was with George Canyon, uh, 
George Bellevue. Mm-hmm. Buff came with me. Um, and I'm forgetting uh, Kevin Chase. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, wait now. There's another fellow from uh, from Nova Scotia. And I'm, I'm, he's going to probably haunt me. I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, that was probably one of the best uh, performances. I think it was so emotional. Because she was live, she was listening to us live off of Facebook, or not a Facebook, um, a laptop. Because okay. she was at the IWK at the time. Wow. And uh, she was watching the show live. But, I mean, the place was packed, and the West Wind holds 1,800 people, if you if you want to know. <laughs> wow. So you're thinking, oh my God, there's, uh, you know, 1,800 people watching us here. And... Uh, it's just, it, it was so emotional because everybody, everybody was there to support this, this young girl. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, it, and I, I sang, I sang a song for her. I sang, I will always love you. And I don't know, it was just, it was coming out of me, but it was coming from the heart. Yeah. And the minute I stopped singing, I got a standing ovation and it was like, oh my God. Then I burst into tears because it was like, wow, that I didn't expect that. Yeah. And it was just that it was just the emotions were so high, but that was a fun night. It was a fun gig. Oh, nice. So that would be probably my top one. Cool. And it was a benefit. So there, like I said, it's not the biggest gigs. It's the ones that come from the heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, have you ever had the opportunity to meet any um, big names in country music? Um, I have. When I was when I was 19 years old, I went to Nashville. That was my first trip to Nashville. I remember when I was five years old, I had a piggy bank, and I used to save up money. I'd sing for people that would come to the house and put money in the piggy bank, and I'd oh. say I was saving that up to go to Nashville. Little did I know that I'd be going to Nashville when I'm 19 years old, and it was with my band. Actually, we were going there to record. Okay. And we, we ended up backstage at the Grand Ole Opry. And uh, I met Roy Aka. Like, yeah. it, it would be all the old ones. I, I wanted to meet Dolly, but it was yeah. in April, and Dolly was on tour. So I, I had a good chat with Roy Aka at the time, Minnie Pearl. Wow. George Jones was there. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was supposed to perform, and um, he got up on stage, and he had a little foam cup. And he just raised his cup, and everybody stood up and, you know, gave him a standing ovation, and he walked off the stage. <laughs> that, that, that was probably back in the no-show Jones days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was typical George Jones. But what, what, uh, you know, what a rush to just, you know, be right there with him and see him backstage. Yeah. But, well, and I also met um, Vince Gill, who, oh, like, nice. he's one of my idols. I love, yeah. like, every time I see him, it's like, be still my heart. <laughs> so, oh, I just love the man. And I mean, I've been a fan of his since he was in the Pure Prairie League. Yes. Which a lot of people don't even know that that band existed, but I was fan, a fan of his back then. So uh, when he broke out in country music, like, whoa, whoa okay. Yeah. Whenever I, we we have a classic country show on Saturday nights on 99 through the river and we play that um uh oh, jump and so it's just drawn a blank uh, let me uh let me love you tonight. Uh, oh yeah. Pure Prayer League and yeah. and and he does the lead vocals on it and so I always yeah. kind of, you know, they're probably people are probably sick of me saying it now but I was like see if you recognize the voice on this song and you know and it's 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 so you know it's not hard to recognize that it's vince gill's voice but oh yeah hands down one of the best shows that i've ever seen i saw vince gill at uh the casino in moncton uh here oh, oh. i was there that night oh what a wicked show <laughs> what, what a show eh? yeah oh, i'm my telling goodness. you goodness i went to see him quite a few times actually whenever he came to moncton he came here he did a show with Reba McIntyre at one point. Oh. And, oh my God, that was an awesome show. Yeah. And, uh, I seen him two, three times. And, uh, but, you know, didn't get backstage passes or anything. So, uh, but the one time that I did meet him, he actually did a show. And I was playing in Moncton with my band. And he showed up at the bar where we were. Him really? and his band afterwards. Wow. Yeah. They used to do that. Like, you know, they, they'd show up either at the Urban Corral or there was another bar that we played. I just thought of the name a few seconds ago and then it just, like, senior's moment, it disappeared. <laughs> um, but they would show up at McSweeney's. That's what oh, it was okay. called. Okay, yes, yeah. 
and they would show up there unannounced. I mean, I'm sure somebody knew they were coming, but, uh, you know, they didn't want, you know, a whole big crowd of people following them, but they would show up at bars after their show. Wow. And it was kind of, kind of neat. Yeah. So that's where I met him. His, like, I, I remember the time that he played at the casino. The following week, we had tickets to see Dwight Yoakam. And I had, I had okay. seen Dwight uh, at the Coliseum back in the late 80s. So that was during his heyday. And I remember right. that when I, at that concert, I couldn't understand a word that he was singing. So I was like, <laughs> okay, so maybe it'll be different now. And this is a week after we just saw Vince Gill. And we went right. to see Dwight, and same thing, could not hear oh. a word he was singing. But, <laughs> but, that would drive me insane. Oh, and I don't understand that. Like, how do you go, you know, 30 years in between and still have the same problem? But Vince yeah. Gill, you could hear every word he sang, every pick of I the know. string. Uh, my my yep. favorite part of the show, and my wife hates the song, uh, but it's the, and when he started he start, the stories are the almost the best part of the the show because he's a, yes. hilarious. He could win yes, a comedy award, and he yep. started introducing the song where him and Rodney Crowell were writing the song, and his father had the idea. And as soon as he started saying it, I was elbowing Tammy, saying, "It's that song you don't like. It's that song you don't like." And it was, uh, it's hard to kiss the lips at night that chews your ass out all yep. day long. I was all like, day long. I knew her to say that when she started it. I would go, oh, my God, yes. That's hilarious. It oh, is. dear. I love that song. But uh, Well, you know the song that I recorded with Johnny, You Ain't Dolly mm-hmm. and You Ain't Porter? That's written by Vince Gill. Really? And Ashley Monroe, yeah. Okay. I did not realize yep. that. Yep, yep. So we, I was doing some bus tours just before COVID hit. And we'd go like 14 days. We'd leave. I'd entertain on the bus, entertain in the evenings at the um, at the hotel. And I'd get to sing in Nashville somewhere. You know, I played at the George Jones Bar one of the last times I went. Mm-hmm. And we had another uh, tour. And we were going to go to where Vince Gill plays with the Time Jumpers. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I thought, if I ever get invited up on that stage, I'm going to ask him to do You Ain't Dolly with me. But, <laughs> you know, COVID hit and that, you yeah. know, my dreams of seeing Vince again, <laughs> down the tools again. <laughs> I'll have to try harder. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, that was written by him and Ashley Monroe. Well, uh, Flo, you know, it's it's been great to, uh, to chat with you. And uh, one traditional part of my podcast that, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit fun and, and, uh, I, I hope you're going to enjoy it. I call it unapologetically country trivia. Okay. <laughs> now, just to, just to let you know, so you're you're going to be the fourth, my fourth guest that has played this trivia game. And, uh, and how bad did they do? <laughs> well, Rick Reese was the first one, so it, you're going to. I'm going to ask you five <laughs> questions. Rick. All right. Okay. So okay. Uh, Rick is five for five. Uh, Ivan Daigle, oh. he was the second one that played. He's five for five. And Carrie Underhill was my third guest, and she's five for five. Oh, great. Nothing like (laughs) setting the bar high. (laughs) But I I think you're going to be okay. I think you're going to be okay. So this is is the way it works. So, again, I'm going to ask you five questions. If you get an answer right, that's two points. If you need a hint – and get the answer right, it's one point, okay? Okay. All right. So it's, uh, you don't have to phone a friend or anything like that. Uh, I'll, get, I'll ask. Or <laughs> don't I'll, need any bail money? <laughs> no, you don't need any bail money. So uh, right. I'll, I'll give you the hint, but uh, I think you're going to be okay. So I'm going to ask you question number one. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. What female singer had a number one hit and again, the category, we're going to go with uh, 80s country, all right? So that's the... Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let me start this question again. What female singer had a number one hit that talked about working conditions between certain working hours? What artist sang that song? What oh, female? that would be Dolly Parton, 9 to 5. You got it. Yay! You got two points. 
absolutely have to beat Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. All right, let's see how you do on uh, the second question. Which female singer is known for her extremely long hair, but also has a famous older sister? Now, I'm looking for the first, the, the younger sister, all right? So this okay. woman has a famous older sister who sang about being the daughter of a coal miner. So who is the younger sister with the long hair? It would be Crystal Gale. You got us. One of famous sister, Loretta Lynn. Exactly. It's that, almost worth a bonus point there. Oh, okay. Tell Rick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't, I didn't arrange for a bonus point, so. Okay. All right. Here's question number three. Which female singer once proclaimed... I was country when country wasn't cool. Oh, boy. Oh, Barbara Mandrell. There you go. There you go. Oh, thank you. You know what? I even went to visit the Mandrell Ma- Mansion when I was in Nashville the last time. <laughs> Is oh. that right? Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. good. That's good. Mm. All right. Here's question number four. Okay. So, Alan Jackson had a hit with a remake of this woman's 1980 hit, Who's Cheatin' Who? Okay. Uh, Lori Morgan? It is not Lori Morgan. Okay. All right. Just back here. Uh, I, I, I sang the song. Like, hmm. Okay, wait. She's got, a, she's got a guy's name, right? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, wait. It's Charlie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charlie Lambert McLean. You got it. Oh, okay, I wasn't sure on the McLean. Yeah, you got it. Okay. All right. So we got I'm one more question. Okay. Okay. What uh, person who sang If Hollywood Don't Need You and Tulsa Time singer was known as the Gentle Giant? Uh, okay, wait now. Isn't until the time? Am I going to have to sing the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the late, great Don Williams. You got it. You got okay. it. Okay. <laughs> now, now, here's what I'm going to do for you, Flo. Because you uh, figured out that the uh, the older sister who sang uh, uh, Coal Miner's Daughter was uh, Loretta yeah. Lynn. I can tell yeah. you what, I'm going to give you a 10 out of 10 on that one. How's that? So you're, you're. I can't wait to tell Rick. <laughs> you're five out of five. <laughs> oh so, my heavens! Great job. Well, thank you. You know, it's stuff that you you know you know, but when you're put on the spot, it's like, oh my god. It's hard, you know, isn't it? Who is that? It is. It yeah. is because uh, once you you hear the answer, you go, oh my soul, I can't. You know, I can't believe I didn't get that. <laughs> but uh, and I mean, you're you're picking my brain back to the eighties there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's it. Sometimes it's yeah, like it's it's just on the edge. You know, the tip of your tongue. You're trying to figure out. Oh, I know that. I know that. But anyway, yeah, but I good say job. That. <laughs> <laughs> good job. Well, Flo, this has been this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for uh, taking the time to uh, to do this. Well, the pleasure has been all mine, really. Thank you. It's so nice chatting with you, and I feel like I had a visit at home. <laughs> well, that's that's good. You know, it's uh, if we finally got a chance, and this is kind of how you know a little bit more, a little longer than what would have. Um, uh, been on the uh, on the deck series but of course you would have been yeah. performing in between but uh, you know it's kind of the same idea yeah, having a chat and and uh, yeah. so th- this has been a lot of fun and uh, thanks oh, a lot for doing this here. oh it's my pleasure and you're really going to enjoy Daniel Gauguin as well like he's uh, mm-hmm. he's almost like a carbon copy of Lodi and Jeanette him and his wife are so sweet yeah and um uh, a great guy like you're you're going to enjoy him uh, i enjoy working with him we're going to try and get some more festivals actually together nice um especially in quebec if we can ever you know get back here because he's he's done very well there yeah and uh just by introducing me to one festival you know that the other festival organizers they they go to each other's festivals so i ended up getting uh quite a few calls so hopefully i'll tell you the truth I have three boxes of CDs sitting in my closet that I haven't been able to go sell. <laughs> well, and now people don't even have CD players in their cars, so 
Lord, love and get me out there before. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, before let's they become obsolete. Let, let's sell a few CDs for you. If somebody wants a Flo Durrell CD, how can they uh, get one from you? Oh, they can find me on Facebook. I'm very active on Facebook. Um, they're also available like through YouTube and stuff like that. But I've, I've been mailing some out, like especially to people um, actually in the UK and stuff. I mean, you can't go send them to a store. No, exactly. <laughs> they're not going to find my CD, but nope, uh, I'll gladly mail them out and I'll cover the postage. So there's no problem. I can be found or even, you know, call me up. Uh, there's uh, different ways. And for sure, you know, if you hear of me playing somewhere, come see me. I'm a people person. And one of the hardest things I had to get used to, like with COVID and stuff, like I'm a hugger. I suffered. I suffered. I haven't been able to hug anybody. And I am so much the opposite. It's like the opposite. I know. Don't touch me, John. I want to hug everybody. And I'm going to be when this is all over. Don't come near me. Yeah, yeah. Keep your distance. Some people, you know, I don't mind being six feet apart. Well, there you go. Mostly, yeah, mostly. Like I'm such a people person. I need, I need my feet. <laughs> so uh, I find it hard, you know. So I'm looking forward to, you know, especially the concerts and stuff. Now, like I don't know, I have quite a few lined up actually since they they opened up. Uh, they said that they were opening up, so I've got four lined up. And. Uh, it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do if I can't hug these people. But anyway, I'll give them a virtual <laughs> hug. And at least I'll, I'll tell them how beautiful they are and how I find them so pretty in person instead of just on Facebook. Well, there you go. <laughs> Great idea. Well, listen, Flo, thanks a lot. And all the best uh, during your uh, New Brunswick Country Music Hall of Fame induction oh, in uh, uh, later on this year in uh, October. And uh, yes. looking forward to uh, chatting with you again sometime soon. Oh, I hope so. You take care. Stay safe. Thanks, Flo. A big thank you to my guest, Flo Durrell, for joining me on the Johnny O Show today. Big uh, congratulations to her. She's going into the New Brunswick Country Music Hall of Fame this October. That was supposed to happen last October due to the uh, pandemic that was held off for a year. So congratulations to Flo and a big thank you to her for joining me today. And I hope you will join me next week for the next episode of The Johnny O Show. Make sure you follow us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Or you can go directly to the podcast website, driveon.podbean.com. That's driveon.podbean.com. The Johnny O Show is a presentation of Drive On Media. You can follow us on the Facebook page, Drive On Media. Follow us along there. Stay up to date on everything that is happening with this podcast. And please, share it among your friends. Until next time, thanks for joining me on The Johnny O Show, a presentation of Drive On Media.